Hello and welcome to Justice Losers, the most unqualified podcast talking entertainment news and reviews. I'm your host, Preston, joined as always by my delightful co-host, Matt Matt. Matt, what should people do? Like, subscribe, and tell a friend. Yeah. yeah. Check us out on TikTok at Just Us Losers Pod. All go right. watch them, go like them, go comment some. Anytime we release a new one, which we release every week, Tuesday at roughly nine o'clock, uh, go and comment something uh, conflict inspiring. Yep. All of our best ones are when people are pissed off about what we said. Woo! It's the best. Controversy. It's the way to win. Yep. Matt, what you been up to? Uh, well, let's get the big one out of the way first that we've been teasing for a while here. Yeah! Um, also, in case you didn't hear last week's episode, apologies in advance. It's an allergy day. Yeah. I'm suffering. Preston's suffering a little bit. I think I'm suffering worse. I'm all right. It's not a competition, yeah. but I'm suffering worse. I'm, yeah, I'm actually mostly okay. Getting yeah. a little sniffles and a little scratchy, but you're dying. Yeah, if I if I didn't stop sniffling, my nose would just drip. Yeah, a little faucet right here. I'm dehydrating <laughs> myself to stop that. It's good. So we did Ant Man Quantumania. Yes, we did. Yep, we saw that. We eventually made it to that. Eventually made it to it. I uh, ordered the tickets uh, to AMC because we like the AMC here in Norman, so we don't have to yep. drive up to more because yep. it sucks. Yep. Um, it's amazing how everyone called the Warren going downhill after Regal bought it out. And it's amazing how fast it actually happened. Yep. Get to the AMC, 7 o'clock, scan the ticket, doesn't work. They're like, hey, you're at the wrong AMC. And the movie started in five minutes, and the wrong the other AMC is like, what, 40 minutes away from where we were? Uh, Maybe not quite that much, but enough that we would have missed the first yeah. 10 minutes of the movie at least. And so I very quickly, we found another one that was... 40 minutes away or 30 minutes away and the tickets or the movie started in 40 minutes or like we can make yep. that one yep uh was 17 dollars a ticket yep uh with so like 10 more on the expensive side and so we got those tickets and went and watched it so we still watched it yep uh made it happen still cost us money <laughs> uh but we weren't gonna <laughs> just like take the money and whoops didn't see it because i messed up so uh the principle still stands you give us enough money to go see the movies and we'll go see the movies yep so do that again every time you want us to watch a movie we're not going to go see shazam because it apparently is awful yep we haven't confirmed that with each other but nope i don't really want to watch it and i feel like i'm the most likely to want to go watch it yep i don't want to go see it uh got a few movies that we want to see but we also tend to not see a whole lot of movies we need to do better at that yeah but yeah, I mean, if you guys just, like, send us messages or let us know, like, what you want us to watch. If yep. it's something that we're excited about watching, we'll just go watch it. If it's something we're not excited about watching, you can send us Venmo me money and we'll go see it for you. Yeah, there we go. And you'll be the sponsor of that that episode. Yep. Yeah, you can reach us at justusloserspod at gmail.com. Yep. It's a good place to contact us with question, questions like that. Uh, you can also send... I wonder if you could send a message to our Facebook message uh, you probably can yeah yeah nick just contacted me directly yeah and then sent too. an email because i'm awful at responding yep but yeah do that thing you can do those we c- we'll do it we'll do it if you because we're little bitches that are total sellouts yep exactly we'll see the worst movie that's out if you want us to if you pay us to yeah absolutely um we'll tell the truth about it for yep. uh double the price of tickets we'll tell you what you want to hear about it yeah <laughs> <laughs> But other than that, we'll talk about that at the end. Yep. So that we can get into spoilers and people can stop. I don't know how we handle that. Usually I always forget how we handle reviews now. 
Uh, I think we do kind of an extensive spoiler section and then we do a nice little non-spoiler sum up. That's true. Quantumania, Ant-Man, Quantumania, get your spoiler hat on. We're going to spoil, spoil the pants off this movie. Yep. Uh, Bill Murray. Well, he's in the trailer. What? Yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, I must not have watched any of the trailers. Kang dies. But also, sort of. I feel like there's not really much spoil, like big twists in yeah, this one. It's it's largely straightforward. Yeah. What did you think in general? I certainly did not hate it. I felt like I was having a perfectly enjoyable time watching the movie itself, but it made so little impact on me that earlier this week I was thinking about we we're going to record this weekend and I was thinking I haven't really been up to anything this week and tried to think back through a bunch of stuff and it didn't hit me until later that day <laughs> that I had gone to see a movie specifically for this recording. Yeah. I It's just yeah. I, it, it's the definition of a six for me. Yeah. I just I watched it. I had a greater than baseline level of enjoyment I will never watch it again unless I do a full MCU watch through or something. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'm pretty much in the same boat. Uh, I, to me, the biggest thing is what actually what Gage said when he was on mm -hmm. is that it's just very comic booky, and yep. I don't like. Despite being a huge comic book fan, I don't really like very comic booky. Some yeah. of my favorite comics are the less comic booky stuff right like i talk about like the final crisis where batman goes flying through ultimate <laughs> or go through the universe building up omega energy so they destroys the universe obligatory reminder comics uh, are weird i didn't really enjoy that comic that much um yeah one of my favorite ones is identity crisis where it's literally a hero or a villain rapes a hero's wife and so the and so zatanna lobotomizes him to make him an idiot so he wouldn't be so evil. And the story is about what are the ramifications, what are the responsibilities of heroes with their powers? What's the limit of what you can do mm -hmm. to somebody? That is so not comic booky, and I love that story. Yeah. So here's my thing. Um, comic bookiness for the sake of comic bookiness, and I'm using that to ju include just general weirdness, mm -hmm. is a very dangerous line to walk um, because... When you get super comic booky, like Batman running through time to gather Omega energy. No, he was being sent through time. Sent through, whatever. <laughs> I I could care less, but not by a lot. <laughs> um, the thing about that level of comic bookiness is the writer is just completely God of the universe. You don't have right. to obey any rules. You can make up whatever you want to... Uh, generate any plot point you want anything mm -hmm. that you think sounds cool any any mechanism you can conceive of to get from point a to point b you yeah. have no no need for internal consistency right but by giving yourself that sort of weird playground to play in if you do it right you can come up with some really interesting stories that play on stuff that is completely unlike anything anything anyone else has ever explored right um i think of that series of swamping issues from alan moore's run where he's just on a isolated planet and making plant life and like making impressions of people mm -hmm. he knows out of plants because he's he's isolated on space and it's like okay the plant monster got sent into space 
And this is incredibly comic booky and stupid, but Alan Moore has a thematic vision and everything's in service of that. It's yeah. not in service of, oh, this is going to be cool. Batman's going to get all the Omega energy in his fist and punch Darkseid right in his stupid face kind of thing. Yeah. Right? It's it's it, it's in service of expanding the boundaries of the kinds of stories we can tell. Mm-hmm. Bring that back to Ant-Man Quantumania, the core story is actually pretty solid. It's it's pretty simple. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got everyone gets sucked into the quantum realm um, through much less stupid mechanics than yep. the trailer made it seem. That that trailer editing of that scene, boy, had me worried. Yeah, but everyone gets sucked in. They get separated because, of course, quantum manial mm-hmm. weirdness. Um, and then you kind of have your two separate people and they're trying to get together and then Kang's this big overarching villain and they try to take him down and each sort of subset has their own group of themes that they're dealing with mm-hmm. and it sort of all weaves back together and uh, you know they throw, throw together a little revolution at the end and punch Kang to death yep uh, I'll front up the flyers <laughs> I mean a good revolution led by a guy with a big hammer yep pamphlets, pamphlets. Got, to, got to print enough pamphlets yep. but yeah, no, the, the, the story is fine. Um, it's, the, the writing is, is mostly okay, um, with the exception of the comic bookiness problems, mm-hmm. which we're going to do in more depth. Um, the characters, I feel like each one is pretty consistent throughout. I really actually like how they hassled, uh, handled Cassie's character. Mm-hmm. Uh, she felt like a real teenager that's a little rebellious, but also like kind of wants to do good. She wants to set out into the world, but is it doesn't understand her own limitations yet. Yeah. Um, and her dad wants to be proud of her, but also wants to protect her. And it's a, it's a good dynamic. It's a good pairing and that all works, but it's not an interesting enough story to justify the level of comic bookiness that they right. need to do just based on the nature of the world. They thrust the characters into and based in the, the multiversal stuff they need to be setting up yeah. for the future. I feel like the way they wrote this movie was a bunch of interesting ideas put in order. And then like they had too many interesting ideas that were comic booky because you can take a movie that's like comic booky and make it like an interesting comic booky idea and have that be the centerpiece and build the internal rules around it uh-huh. to make it make sense and make it coherent. Marvel mm-hmm. did a really good job of that. Basically until like after Avengers, mm-hmm. like basically like think of like Captain America. Yeah. He got a super serum. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. That's the comic booky thing. Also, and also the, the Tesseract. Guys, and also the guy's face that peels off and is a red colored skull. But like the, thing, you get but... the Tesseract, but like, I mean, right. you have these kind of these a couple like the Tesseract is the most comic booky thing, and that's responsible for his face. Right. And so you can kind of like have a couple things that are a little bit like, okay, I guess so. But the rest of it is like very coherent and makes sense. Right. Like, and then you, like, and- Iron Man is the best version of it where like, okay, he has a machine in his chest that is electromagnetic, like electromagnet in his chest that re- that prevents shards from touching his heart. Yep. That's a little comic booky and it doesn't make sense. And he's got a suit that can be controlled by it. And it's also like 
limitless energy. Limitless energy, this, like this reactor. Miniaturized That's the comic book thing. Yeah. It drives the rest of the movie that just is within the rule set of that arc reactor. Right. And here's the thing. It's taking a super, it's taking a comic booky, sci-fi, fantasy kind of element, and it's dropping it into a recognizable world yep. where we still have to play by relatively normal rules and mm-hmm. we can explore sort of the edge cases of the world yeah. by pushing boundaries yeah. just a little bit. And with Quantumania, they have... I imagine the pitch meeting of what could be fun in the quantum universe. You drink someone's goo to understand language. Yeah. Done. And Great. they only, it's just, okay, I, that's it. All right. No. And so you take one instance like that and there's no explanation for like why this guy's juices do, do that. Mm-hmm. And you can kind of forgive it. We are just like, all right. Yeah. But when it's, when you have major stuff like that, that's a comic booky thing that they kind of just expect you to hold on to. Uh-huh. And in between those are a bunch of minor comic booky things that they just expect you to go with. Yep. It really just loses you in like what, like there, there's no, I don't really feel stakes Yeah. as much. And we'll get into that. I don't feel the, didn't feel the stakes of the villain, but I'll get into that a little bit. Uh-huh. I don't feel the stakes of the quantum realm because everything's just chaos. Yeah. And anytime I have an assumption about the way the world works, they go, no, it's actually this and just go with it. Right. You can write yourself out of any corner if yeah. you make things weird enough. And that inherently reduces how tightly wow or how, how tightly knit the story is because like mm-hmm. you said, they can just write themselves out of stories. Right. You take a movie like Civil War or... Um, uh, Winter Soldier, which are again two of my favorite Marvel movies. Uh-huh. Those are very tightly knit stories because yep. they didn't just let comic booky write themselves out of a corner. Right. Like there are, if I, there probably are plot holes, but I oh yeah, look at no, the movie certainly. in such a I love that movie so much that I, I don't remember any of them. Yep. It's because they at least do the effort to make the story lead from point A to point B, point C logically. Right. And this one just goes, oh, we need to get to point A from point A to point B in 15 minutes. Uh, let's just this. Uh, well, they don't understand the language of this. There's all these different languages and right. they speak English. Of course they wouldn't. Juice guy. Yeah. You know, counterpoint. Props to them for recognizing that this is a different universe. They would not speak the same language. Yes. So let's and, create yeah, so a, some is, sort of mechanism. That's a to logical point that. A. Yep. And they need a point B for the sake of the movie. And they come up with a dumb way to do it. Yep. There are so many different ways. So like you have Scott and Cassie and Hank who are three wildly intelligent engineers. Yep. They could, they have a device with Hank that literally can translate language basically between humans and ants yep they could have done it would have been less comic booky to say that they reverse engineered that to be able to ai analyze mm-hmm. language and quickly like interpret it yeah i would have been more on board with that than a juice yep. a juice man but that wants holes but we got david dust Melchian to play the juice man so yeah i mean that's something <laughs> it it's stuff like that that yeah like over and over and that's one yeah. example again but that's yeah i i, I want to clarify that we're not getting hung up in the juice man in particular it we're is, taking it as a particular it's a surrogate case. for the broader problem yes sorry juice man yeah i i, I enjoyed juice man <laughs> it was a funny he got, thing he got his holes yeah he got <laughs> his holes and that's delightful sucked people i guess into yeah. him he's yeah. kirby yeah something um, like that but it's just, like like Again, Gage mentioned this to us early on. That's very comic booky. Yep. 
And I feel like I went into it expecting that and still walked out of it going, I did not enjoy how comic booky that was. Right. And with Marvel movies, this it's such a unique situation where every movie makes you think about what's coming next. Right. Because you have any movie that's like kind of weird and ridiculous and you're like, oh, okay, that was a weird, ridiculous movie. But don't have the next three years of movies that you know. Right. And you're like, what is about to happen with these movies? Because think about uh, Secret Invasion. It's supposed to be like espionage uh-huh. And I'm mildly excited about this. But if this is the thing that they're going to be doing with their writing, mm-hmm. I'm no longer excited about it. Right. Because espionage inherently requires very, very tightly wound characters and plot points and developments yep to be good espionage yes and you throw a kink into any of that and it's not going to make any sense and then you just tell the audience to just go with it at any point and it all comes undone yep and so i was like i just secret invasion i'm not very excited for secret invasion after this movie and that's such a yeah. unique thing to marvel that one movie can completely change assumptions and perspectives about future movies yeah it's it's kind of interesting because i mean there have always been sequels um mm-hmm. but we, we live in an interesting world with marvel where yeah we're not thinking about the movie itself often we're thinking about it's part what does it in mean the broader the yeah, yeah. yeah 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 it's uh it's part of why their experiment had been so successful up to this point is because they kept doing good movies that got you excited for things that were going to come later yeah and also like i i really miss this but you would watch Captain America or you'd watch uh, Thor. Yep. And then at the end of Thor, it's a reveal that the next movie is Captain America. Right. And we didn't know that. And yep. then at the end of Captain America, it's revealed that the next movie is Avengers. And yep. you like, even though it was literally just the trailer for Avengers. Right. It was kind of a cop out, but also wild hype. Yeah. And so now we don't have that excitement about any individual movie. We have excitement. Like I am more interested to see what the phase five and six do as a whole than what any individual movie does because they have not been very good lately. Right. So yeah, it's, I think Ant-Man kind of damaged my already damaged expectations of Marvel. I think it solidified my lowered expectations. Yeah. And again, not to rag on it in particular, it's a fine movie. Yeah, it's it's perfectly okay. Like again, I, honestly, I'll say this too: that all like you 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 mentioned a little bit the characters. Cassie made sense all yeah. the way through as a character. Yeah, she established from the beginning that she is someone who stands up for the people who are misplaced. Yep, and that is an entirely consistent characteristic through for her and for her yeah. through the entire movie. Yeah. And that is a that's good. Some movies in Marvel too don't do that. Yeah. And being able to, and same thing with Scott, like Scott, like you said, is he wants his daughter to like, she's an adult and he wants to respect that, but he's also like scared of losing her because he, she grew up and he didn't have like, he's like, yeah, got that whole backstory thing that is constantly driving his motivations. Mm -hmm. And everyone has that like the whole time. It all makes very, very clear sense and and they tried to work that into some of the character stuff where mm-hmm. it's like uh kane can give you the time with their daughter and i felt like they didn't lean that in lean into that enough yeah um that idea of kane as the tempter instead of just the conqueror i think that would have been a much more interesting aspect to now explore. we get to my biggest problem with the movie let's talk about kane oh 
boy, what a terrible villain. So, I, as I've been, so we, yeah. we, we drove away and we were talking about it and we were like, and you were like, what's, what's your, what are your thoughts? And my first thing was, I hate when it is an all powerful villain that they have to nerf throughout the movie for the point of the plot. Yeah. And you're like that. I knew that was going to be yours. That was my first one. Yep. From the get go, we both agreed that that is a big problem. Yeah, they do such a good job for the through like the first forty five minutes of the movie of, of hyping building him up. up. Like, yeah, uh, Michelle Pfeiffer's character is terrified of him. His name doesn't even get mentioned. It's just him, him. this ominous, shadowy guy. And we don't know anything about his power, and then we actually see him. Yep, and he's just like flicking Ant Man and Cassie around like dolls, and yep. just in total control of the situation. And you're like, okay, all right, I'm on board. This is the scariest guy in the universe now. Mm-hmm. I like it. So then- <laughs> I have two, I have three major things that I have problems with with the villain. All right, hit me. Part number one, what I just said, nerfing the super, super powerful villain. Yeah. I feel like they also, they, they kind of did it with Thanos too, where he could have been using, like when he had the gauntlet yep. with all but one, he would just use them like occasionally, mm-hmm. but then punch other times. Like if I had those, I'd be using the power one all the time. I'd be turning everyone into uh, little springy noodles yep. the entire time. In his defense, he did just get those like that week. He hasn't gotten used to yeah. them yet. He doesn't know where all the controls are yet. <laughs> it's like a, He's you're, like, playing it's, a, you're playing it's, a new fighting game, you know, just a couple of combos and yeah. you go back to those. Like, it says to hit the B button, but where is <laughs> the B button? Uh, that could have been explained by, they could have literally had a throwaway yeah. line. He's like, I'm still struggling to get this or it's exhausting. It's it's a lot of mental effort, which would have actually would I mean, have been a really good thing. It does. It, it literally it, distracts me from the battlefield to focus my mental energy into the glove, uh-huh. and so I can only do it at certain moments. Well, and and we see that it does physically weaken him when it snaps. It deforms him a yeah. little bit. Like so, it's it's in there. They don't fully explain it. Yeah, but, yeah, but no, like that. But yeah. there was still like kind of that feeling of like, oh, mm-hmm. he could just be doing this the whole time. Yep. And Although so, counterpoint. Yep. I love. Well, I love the way they set up. Thanos and Infinity War, just the opening scene on the the Asgardian ship where they introduce him out of focus, dragging Thor by the yeah. neck, and then getting in a fist fight with Hulk, the shit out of and Hulk. winning a fist fight yeah. with Hulk. That it, it's really effective setup, and I feel like he's never particularly weakened from there. What I think they do well with that is that they only ever pit him against multiple people at a time, right? And that's when he starts like losing like he can handle hulk one-on-one he can yeah. handle thor one-on-one yeah but when you have spider-man doctor strange uh iron man and star lord yeah you just you throw once. everyone at him it, yeah. it's a struggle it's a it's and he, a he still held fight. his own yeah which was always really good and it never really felt like he was weak at yeah. any point he, he there were i think some identifiable fluctuations in power mm. level but it was not to the extreme yeah. of king in this movie and so getting back to the movie we're talking about this one so at the end there is a shot where his uh his bracer is broken and that is a decent understanding or a decent explanation that all of his powers are tech-based Yes. Which is what he is. Right. As far as I understand. Yeah. Um, and we get that a little bit with some of his backstory explanation too. Yeah. It's, it's tied to the ship and his suit and yep. stuff like that. Um, and so the boxing match at the end makes sense because they show that it's broken. And he doesn't have that. So it is now just a right. brawl. Yep. So fine with that one. But his laser beams that would disintegrate people on impact. Mm hmm. 
I have a hard time believing that Iron Man's or Ant-Man's suit can resist that. Yep. Like it, it, I don't buy it. Yep. Um, also you're getting swarmed by ants and you have disintegration lasers. Just stick your hands out and spin in a circle for a little bit. It was just all those small things of just like, Oh, he could be doing this the whole time. And, And it happens in, um, Oh, what's the one that's the worst with it? Oh, anything with magic. Doctor Strange and Scarlet Witch. Yeah. Wildly powerful people. Just do the thing. The really power. Oh, and uh, uh, Harry Potter. Uh, yep. There's so many more powerful spells that they just don't do and can be doing things way smarter all the time. Yep. It's just all of those things that I just like can't stand. It's actually kind of a fun minor plot point in the books that Harry just keeps getting hung up on. He really likes Expelliarmus because it's the only one he ever learned at the <laughs> dueling club. And it's just like it's, a, it's my signature weapon now mom yep and it does anything you need it to do apparently it can stun people i guess sort of does that in the movie in the movies it sure does yeah. yep so the nerfing that's you know part one mm-hmm. part two is i do i work so hard with my D villains mm-hmm. to make sure that it makes sense what they are doing and why they're doing it. Yep. Why in God's name does Kang need to negotiate? I hate so one of my biggest pet peeves with a really, really powerful and scary villain mm-hmm. is they try to make a deal first. And then if it doesn't happen, they just force them to do it. Mm-hmm. But with no understanding of like why, like why it's better for a deal to be made if he can just force them to do it. Mm-hmm. If he's got Cassie and I can just, he can just kill Cassie whenever he wants and man will do whatever he wants. Clearly, that isn't a, that's a big thing. Yeah. And so he's just like, I'll kill Cassie if you ever deviate from anything. Mm-hmm. And it just that scene where he was trying to make a deal is like, oh, like this will benefit you too, like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And then just goes, all right, whatever. And then just shows his power and threatens and beats the shit out of him. Mm-hmm. No need for him to negotiate. Yeah. In this movie specifically, it was very, very bad. Like yes. the way it just went from like one extreme to the other. Yeah. There were even lines in there that they could have taken out to even throw some reasonable doubt into that decision. Right. Uh, and I just, I, it made me less scared of the villain because he's kind of inconsistent. Yeah. Like I am more interested in, in commit to one. I'm very interested in a villain that has stuff to lose, but is very good at negotiating and can make interesting deals. Go back to the king as tempter model. I like that. I like the idea that it's this all-powerful villain doesn't need to win by brute force. Yep. I like a villain that has to win by a cost. Yep. Um, But Kang doesn't seem to have anything that he can sacrifice. All right, I play my king card for three mana. That's the cost. And then I... uh, (laughs) Uh, or just a really powerful villain that is not afraid of anyone and can just force you to do what he wants. And that was the Thanos model. That was the Thanos model. And that model. worked really well with the yep. Thanos model. He's like, I'm not going to make a deal with you because I'm just going to do this. Yeah. You can't stop me. Yeah. And that's terrifying. Yeah. But when you have a villain who does both, it doesn't make sense because you don't know. Do they have nothing to lose or do they have things to lose? It kind of goes back to the comic bookiness problem of, again, if we don't know what the rules of this character are, mm-hmm. we don't understand his characterization. The rules are whatever the writers need it to be for a particular scene. And even if you don't recognize that rationally as a viewer, 
you pick up on it. Yeah. You, you, you kind of subconsciously understand it and you lose stakes, lose yeah. tension. And something, as we talked about, we, you watch these movies as part of the whole. An argument could be made that they didn't give us all King's rules because they want to save that for pieces of adding to his mythos and like what his sure. restrictions are for the big King dynasty. Sure. But he was the main villain of this movie. Yeah. And we need those rules for the main villain. If he yeah. wasn't, if they did like the, um, like a low, like Avengers or, uh, even guardians of the galaxy one where Thanos was in the movie, mm-hmm. he wasn't the main villain. So you didn't need his rules. Right. They did a really good job of that with, with Thanos where like he was not directly involved yes. in doing things. And so you could like kind of go, I don't know what his deal is yep. and his rules, but he's still in the movie. Right. But we knew Loki's rules and we knew Ronan's rules. Like yep. we knew the main villain's rules. We don't know Kang's rules. And so we don't know like what we can expect or like, I feel like I was going to end up saying the same thing over and over again. Yep. It's so a useful thing. That one. The third one is, and I told you this when we were heading home, we don't know what conquering looks like with him. They show us some like flashes of a bunch of death. Really reminded me of that uh, scene from the first 15 seconds of rise of Skywalker where Kylo Ren's just shredding <laughs> random people in random forests and yep. random places. I, it could very feasibly be that he is a um, Mongol type of conqueror where he shows up, says, do what I want and you'll be happy and everything's going to be great or I'll just kill you if you say no. And that's one type of conqueror. Sure. The other type is I'm just going to kill everyone until everyone bends the knee. Like, I'm yeah. just going to start by killing or... He's not even really a conqueror. He just shows up and is super charismatic and just convinces everyone to do things. But that is a form of conquering. King the gentrifier. King the gentrifier. (laughs) But like, we don't know what the threat is. And that's what the central stakes of this movie is, is don't release him because conquer. We, yeah. What? We we get to see some of the edges of what that looked like in the the quantum realm. We get to see some of the displaced quantum. Quantumites, yeah, quantumians. But also, we don't know how that happened. Yeah, they're just like that was our home, and it is not. We are missing a lot of history about that. So did did he just kind of take over, and you decided not to be part, or did he? Maybe these are the racists. Maybe he's like he shows up, and he's like, all right, everyone gets treated fully equally, and they're like, no, this specific race is lesser than us. He's like, get the out of my place. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> we don't know anything about it, and therefore we don't know what the stakes of conquering are. Tell me about the geopolitics of the quantum realm. I mean, tell me about what Kang does, yeah. at least, to conquer. Because it's just, they just use the word conquer as a catch-all. Right. And I feel like that doesn't... The Persian Empire's ap- uh, approach at conquering was different from the Roman Empire's, uh, Holy Roman Empire's version of conquering, which is different from, like, the norse they don't really conquer they just kind of settled pillage pillaged and settled which is different from the chinese like conquering which is different from the united states present day conquering of gentrification (laughs) it's all so different and all of them could be feared sure just didn't know which one it was yeah and therefore i was not afraid of this villain yeah like they do like you said they do such a good job early on of kind of setting up this terrifying 
entity yeah and I, then just beat by beat whittle away mm-hmm. at what i was scared of yeah i i was i was somewhat invested in stopping him throughout just in the like the effective tone around him yeah like, yeah this guy's big scary evil dude yeah and i was uh, all right okay i can live with that sure well let's we'll stop him i mm-hmm. i wanted i wanted them to beat him the whole time but yeah no it was very vague and hand wavy yeah do you think kang is suited more to being the all-powerful i'm gonna do i'm gonna blitz through everybody or the i'm a fan of the manipulator where he makes a deal with scott Mm -hmm. but doesn't give him the full because he was like uh help me get out of there so i can conquer Mm -hmm. like he was so blunt about it which like i kind of am okay with i i it it's interesting that he's just like i'm so confident that i'm just going to tell you what i'm going to do right but that is more suited to the you're going to do this or else right but he could have just been like help me get out of here because i've been stuck here for so long Mm -hmm. and like you can relate because you were stuck in the quantum realm for what fell like five minutes you lost five years you lost five years imagine how much yeah imagine how much i'm losing and really appeal to scott yeah that would have been really interesting that would have been great and so still to my day, the to this day, I love that last episode of Loki where we get King and he's just chilling at his desk yeah. at the end of the universe. And most of that episode is just a conversation mm-hmm. between him and Sylvie and Loki. And I love that version. Yeah. I was super on board with that. I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah. And this guy felt like they paid lip service to that for about 10 seconds and then tossed him out the window in favor of hand lasers. Yeah. Which sure. I'm in favor of some good hand lasers, but they kind of mean something. And also like, so he was an exile. Why was he an exile? Cause the, he was uh, pruning timelines to get rid of other Kings. I think. Okay. So he's the bad guy. And so now that council of Kings, yep. Uh, or like he was the bad guy and we imprisoned him. Now, what are they going to do? Uh, conquer probably it's in their name. King, the conquerors, but like they're both bad guys and they're against each other. That makes them both also not as scary because are they kind of, I'm going to need you to get all the way off my back about the council <laughs> of Kings motiva- motivation motivations. <laughs> oh man. I want to see his, I want to see that pitch meeting. I think it's out. Is it? I, he I doesn't quick. It. I just, I, not a good villain. <sighs> Thoroughly. There was so much to like about it. There was so much potential yeah. with what Loki did and what the first half of this movie did. Yep. But they just destroyed it so quickly. Yeah. And even though it turns out he's evil, Jonathan Majors gave a good performance. Yeah. So, uh, that's, that's the bad. <laughs> uh, we're not really following our structure no, very well, but that's okay. What else? What um, else is there in this uh, movie i had some trouble with the visuals um i was really impressed with everything in the quantum realm itself mm-hmm. i thought this looks like a world a world with a lsd infused but semi-coherent vision for what it should look like mm-hmm. and feel like and how it should operate and then anytime a human character was on screen i was like okay i can see the green screen yeah and it, it's not I didn't that notice it, that but it's not that it was badly done it's not thor and loki and odin on top of the cliff <laughs> it it like it it looked fine from a technical standpoint yeah. but it just it, it very much felt like they stuck out yeah and maybe that was the point but it didn't work for me visually One on thing that level that i really need someone to just figure out how to do it the right way 
is big person holding little person in their hand. Yeah. Always looks so bad. Yep. And someone just needs to spend a few thousand dollars experimenting on different things to just figure it out. Cause it was off. Like I always think back to, uh, Hermione with Grop. Oh, yep. Uh, looks awful. Yep. Anytime Ant-Man holds like giant man holds anybody, it looks awful. Yep. Uh, anytime there's anyone who's just small and a normal person holds them, it looks awful. Yep. It's just, I feel my theory is that it has to do with like when they move the arm, like when they move their arm, uh-huh. the person's body has, Sta- uh, stasis momentum and uh-huh. should kind of like like you know when you start driving a car you like have to yep. I, I'm doing it physically but this is an audio medium yep We're good something like that but every time they like move somebody it's just perfectly still and it just looks like a board yeah they're and, just on wires just yeah well I don't think even think they're like on wires oh uh, yeah like yeah. I think it's literally someone standing at a green screen like looking up at something and just standing there and like with their arm up or something. Yeah. But like, I don't know. I think the best that it's been done is Lord of the Rings with the Treebeard. Ants. Treebeard. That was 2002. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but didn't they do that practically? Probably. They put him in arms and moved them a little bit. Yeah, they hired one of the last living Ent actors to yeah. come in. and. It was great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that looked good. Because I think they moved. I have to look, go back and look at it, but... Yeah, I'm not sure. That one doesn't stick out to me as a bad one. Right. But this one was awful. Yep. I'm sick of it. Just figure it out. Yeah. Figure it out. Um, what else? What do you think about the music? You always gotta uh, talk about the music. I made note of the music in a couple places and thought to myself, hey, that's not bad. It was uh, not an absolute highlight for me, but there were no real moments in the music where I was like, oh, that's not good. And there were yeah. a couple where I was like, okay, I'm, I'm grooving along to this. A couple yeah. nice tunes in there. Um, it did really feel like, uh, so I said this to you in the car on the way back, but inception came out and then every movie score sounded like inception for about eight years. Um, and there were, it wasn't the case for the whole score, but there were several moments in this where I was like, ah, okay. Everything's going to sound like tenant for the next eight years. Yeah. Um, there were some of those more experimental electronic bits that were pretty cool. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was mostly just kind of straightforward movie score stuff right modern movie score stuff combat was eh. i feel like it kind of suffered from in-game combat where it's just a whole bunch of people doing a whole bunch of things and it's kind of hard to really follow people yeah also the one trick pony of being ant-man where you shrink jump and grow and punch and stuff like that just Mm -hmm. over and over and over and over again yep i don't know it felt it felt like there wasn't anything new in this. But hand lasers. We've never seen that before never in the seen MCU. That in Marvel, yeah. <laughs> I didn't really find myself enjoying the combat at any point. Yeah. There there were no moments where I thought, oof, that's not great. But there yeah. was a lot where it's just like, all right, they're doing a fight scene now. Yeah. What else? Uh, Deus Ex uh, Formidae. Hmm? For, Formicae. What, what's the scientific name for ants? Oh, I think it's Formica. I don't know. I feel like that wasn't quite Deus Ex because it, they were hinting at it. They did throughout. set it up fairly well, actually. Yeah. He was he was tapping the thing, and I was like, "Oh, he's talking. He's talking to the ants. What yeah. are the ants going to do?" And then, of course, I, I'm still not entirely clear on how creatures without brains that literally can't exist that large without collapsing in on themselves uh, managed to build complex technology in a thousand years. In a thousand well. years, and then also how they overwhelmed the 
actual god of this universe just yeah. by running at him very quickly. Yep. I think ants are dumb. He can fly, right? King can fly? Uh, he can be on a thing that flies. I don't think he can fly. Okay. A million ants are charging at you. Whoop! <laughs> just just kind of fly up above them. Can't reach me. You're like 13 feet in the sky and just like, can't, can't get to me. Yeah. And then they start doing that ants tower. I did. Go up higher. However, like, uh, well, simultaneously, I hated the probability thing because it looked like an awful version of what everything everywhere all at once does. Mm. Um, but also I did like the ant man. They're acting like ants where they're like mounting up and yes. like, and creating structure. I kind of like that parallel. Just, you know, yep. it was a good, you know, he's a, he's an ant man. Yep. Modoc hated all of that. Every, every part of everything that had to do with Modoc. Oh, I forgot was he stupid. was in this. Uh, just the idea of him because he was very comic booky. Yep. The, like him coming back and then also just a random redemption arc of don't be a dick. That's yep. it. That's all it took. Yeah. It's stupid. Yeah. And also he is awful at killing. Yeah. He killed no people. If he's a, they picked off some minor side characters. Did some, he? Some background extras. All yeah. right. I just, yeah, he was no. dumb. He didn't, he didn't need to be in it. I, I would have been fine with a fun little cameo where it's not Darren. It's just, this is my thing. And then it's super scary. And then it just gets punched to death immediately or yeah. something. That'd have been fine. Yep. But making it a whole character, I, we did not need the Darren Cross redemption story. No. It did not help this movie. No. Who else was in this movie? Mrs. Dabney from Good Luck Charlie. Who? The cranky next door neighbor lady from Good Luck Charlie. <laughs> not familiar. <laughs> it's a Disney show. I, I know what the show is, okay. but I'm not familiar with her. She's a cranky neighbor lady. Causes lots of shenanigans with the middle child. Oh, oh, oh. One thing that they're totally doing is they're totally making Cassie gay. They're setting that stage right now. Okay. Did you notice that? No. She totally has a crush on the uh, badass rebellion leader. Okay. Like, I, like it, it felt less of like a, oh, like you're badass, you're cool. But like, like there was like a couple where she kind of like looks at her mm-hmm. like infatuatedly. All right. So just calling her right now. Cool. I'm good. Good on them. We'll see. We'll see if they carry it through. Change that they could totally just disney it and be like look we have a lesbian look look we have a lesbian or they could do the star wars thing where it's in the background and that's good enough or they could do it right which is unlikely for disney where it is part of her character and her sexuality is not relevant to the story like no yeah. maybe she has a girlfriend that's it wasn't one of the characters in the eternals guy oh i don't know I keep forgetting that movie existed. Yeah. Oh, uh, Taika does some stuff in Ragnarok or in um, whatever that other movie is, the the one after Oh Love and Thunder. Oh yeah, his husband. Yeah. yeah. That one. That one was done. Okay. That was pretty good. Yeah. It was just it. It really kind of felt like it was sort of a bit for its own sake. It's. I feel like when you can interchange it, that's a good point. I feel like if you can interchange it with the other with any other thing, then. I don't know. We're not the right people to talk about this. No. Disney just keeps always manages managing to fall short with that stuff. Yep. Cause they suck. Anyway, what else? Uh, I did watch it high as Nick suggested. Mm. I do. Yes. Um, 
I did find myself just kind of like zoning out and just being like, wow, this is a lot. And like, it was like kind of fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but then having thought about it more is when all of the issues arose in my brain. Yep. Honestly, that was about my experience too. Yeah. So don't do drugs, kids. They're not necessary. Nah, but they're fun. Uh, <laughs> just like this movie. This movie is drugs. This movie is drugs. Uh, anything else? Um, I have nothing lingering. I'll do a quick summary. Yeah. All right. Quick summary. Going to non-spoilers. Yeah. All right. Ant-Man. Quantumania. Super comic booky, And that's kind of its biggest problem. It definitely feels like the writers can just make whatever happen they want to. And so there's not very much in the way of stakes. That ends up affecting the villain who is otherwise very well set up, but then just poorly executed. You want to jump in on any of that before I continue? Uh, I, the com- I, to me, the comic bookiness was an even bigger issue than just what you said like Mm -hmm. it feels like it is it constantly dragged down the movie okay and also feels like it's dragging down the mcu Mm -hmm. okay all right preston here with the the harsh truths Mm -hmm. speaking truth to power right there my man let's see uh that said setting that aside well it is sort of fundamentally flawed in that way the story is actually pretty good the characters feel coherent internally and feel like they mesh well with each the other. The good guys, the, the protagonists. The, the protagonists. The villain, I'll get to in a second. Um, the Yeah, the, the protagonists, I think, work very well. In particular, I really liked Cassie. Mm-hmm. After about the first five minutes of screen time, I was really not sure that mm-hmm. I was going to be at all interested in her character. But I think that they kind of picked a lane and stuck to it pretty effectively. And that yep. justified some decisions further down the way. Worked pretty nicely. Kang, on the other hand, not very well handled hyped up very nicely but then not a lot of internal consistency on a lot of a lot of things nope so bit of a disappointment nothing revolutionary yeah in the movie yeah it's not gonna it's it's pretty it's mm-hmm. visually interesting in places it's musically interesting in places but nothing spectacular or groundbreaking in yep. either of those aspects it's just it's kind of an aggressively fine movie yeah um it's probably more fun on the big screen but also you don't need to invest in a ticket. It's not good enough to be worth investing in a yeah. ticket. I think it'd be fine on Disney plus with a decent sound bar. Yep. Six out of 10 definition. Six out of 10 movie for me. Yeah. That's, that's an exact six. Yep. There is a, it's kind of weird. Cause it's like about half of the movie wants me to put it at a five and the other half wants me to put it at a seven. Yep. <laughs> so yeah. Like, I'm splitting the difference. Yep. It does enough right to be a positive viewing experience. I was actively having fun pretty much the whole time, but there's so much wrong with it that I just didn't really feel anything. Yep. So that's uh, Ant-Man Quantumania. Yep. Someday we're going to disagree on a movie, but. <laughs> I feel like we do. I feel like there's a movie we disagree on. Every now and then we're a point off. Yeah. I got to start rating mine first because it's always like you rate yours and I'm like, yeah, me too. Yeah. I, I need to for the next while I'm going to start rating first. Okay. Just so it doesn't look like I'm a follower. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. Wait, then I'm going to look like a follower. Yeah. That's the point. Yep. I am the host. You're the co-host. Okay. I am the God of this universe. Drink my juice. Your powers are too inconsistent. Let's <laughs> have a boxing match. <laughs> uh, so that was Man What else have you been up to? It's a, uh, just kind of touch on the few yeah. other things. Well, um, I was going to hold out until Reboot Camp released later this month, but I uh, set up an account on Advance Wars by Web, which I did not realize this has been a thing since like 2003. 
this website. Huh. Uh, it's basically just for online competitive Advance Wars based on the first couple of games. Okay. Um, so if you're not familiar, uh, Advance Wars is a uh, turn-based strategy game. Um, you've got little little tanks and soldiers and stuff, and you fight against each other's armies. And there's uh, different commanding officers with different day-to-day powers, and then they can do a little power if you save up enough charge, mm-hmm. and it affects the the battle in some way. One of them makes it snow. One of them makes his units stronger. Stuff like that. And uh, it was so the the original games came out in the early aughts. Um, and I played the Game Boy game. Uh, a lot after I found the cartridge on the ground at a campsite in Yellowstone National Park. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've told that story before, but it's kind of a fun little story. Yep. Um, I still have and play that cartridge when I can get it to work. Nice. But yeah, no, it's uh, it's a very simple concept and a pretty elemental concept for a game. And it was extensively tested. Apparently the, the behind the scenes scuttlebutt is that it they would just... They were on a loop of testing it nonstop to perfectly balance everything. Nice. And eventually the higher ups just kind of got sick of it. And we're like, all right, we're just releasing this. <laughs> this is good enough. <laughs> there are some some flaws and imbalances with the original mm-hmm. game, but it's it's overall it's an excellent, excellent game. And so with the the, uh, the reboots coming out for Switch this month, um, but I got on the website just to you know play some competitive games. Um, I had been watching uh, this YouTuber Mangs who does uh, just commentaries of various games from the site. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's hosting a tournament. Um, and so I thought, okay, I'll, I'll get on, I'll play some games, some casual games, and I'll join that tournament. Mm-hmm. Turns out I'm a god mm, at yep. Uh Not literally, but I've played six games. I'm in the middle of two more. I've won all six of those just completely one-sided demolitions yep. of admittedly below average players. Yeah. Um, but just not even competitive for the most part. Um, so I won the first round of the tournament. Um, I am in the second round of the tournament. And I think as soon as my opponent logs onto the game next, they're going to resign because mm-hmm. I have like three times as much stuff on the battlefield as <laughs> they do. Um, and I'm winning on all fronts. Yep. So yeah, it's going well. I'm having fun. Yeah, it's, it's just, it's a, it's a really fun game. And I think there's a lot of richness to it. Um, it's, there's certainly not as much deep institutionalized knowledge as chess say, right. which is really my forte. But there is there's a lot more to it than you'd kind of expect mm-hmm. at first glance in terms of the the strategy and the just the the meta game I guess right. which is pretty cool nice so yeah look at you I like it a little gamer yeah it's fun anything else um the um one of the most recent episodes of How I Met Your Father was actually quite good it feels like it's kind of hit or miss but okay. there was one that really hit okay. recently so. When did Barney show up? Uh, just in this last one. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's honestly not great. Oh. Yeah. Nice. He's got a shock collar anklet. Oh, I, I saw uh, I saw that clip. I didn't, yeah. yeah. I didn't know what else he was doing. Yeah, that's mostly it. He just shows up once and talks to the main character, explains gotcha. some things to her. Okay. It's kind of, it's, it's fine. It's whatever. Um, yeah. The episode before the one that he shows up is quite good. Okay. I think that's it. Baseball season started. Yay. Go baseball. Do baseball awesome. things. Uh, also, uh, as of today's recording, uh, it is Rachmaninoff's 150th birthday. So wow. I played a bunch of Rachmaninoff this morning and I, I left to go to your place and then you guys beat me there because I went back inside and grabbed my Rachmaninoff CD so I could listen to that on the way over. Gotcha. It, as loud volume as I could tolerate. <laughs> nice. Ves- listen to the Vespers. It's awesome. Rock and roll Mononov. Exactly. 
Nice. All right. That's it. You got anything? Uh, I have. I played Spider-Man PS4 the entirety oh. of it in. Oh, okay. Four days. That's wow. All right. It's a it's a good game. So I hear. I'm a. An, it's. It's got a really good story. Um, the stealth is kind of meh. Sure. Um, and it has this thing. So I'm a completionist. Yep. But I'm rapidly becoming less of a completionist because open world games are starting to abuse completionists. Sure. Uh, and so something this game does is so they're you're in New York City. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've got each of the kind of the districts. So you got Harlem, Hell's Kitchen, mm-hmm. Upper Mid, uh, Upper West side or like all the different names of them Mm -hmm. and in each district there are like a series of different things so there's some challenges from taskmaster there are uh, research stations from harry osborne stuff like that think like a couple in each one that you complete and then there are four uh kind of enemy type enemy bands though there's thugs which are fisk's men Mm -hmm. uh sable which is like the uh their private mercenaries mm-hmm. uh they are prisoners who broke out of the raft sure and oh uh uh demons who are martin lee's men ah. uh so there's like four different things and if hashtag mephisto confirmed them, huh hashtag mephisto confirmed yeah uh <laughs> in each of those i think there's six to eight districts each of them all four of those have five randomly appearing crimes that there's each type has like three so all thugs there's just like holding up a store a chase like in a car chase and a shootout with the police great and so that's uh a grand total of maybe 15 different types of crimes there are 20 you have to accomplish in each district and there are about eight districts so there's like 160 crimes that you have to do that feels like it's gonna get real grindy real quick it's so grindy Literally, I was trying to, like, complete one district just so I have that 100% thing. And I was just going up and down the street waiting for it to, waiting for one to appear. And then I'd go do it, and then I'd do it, and you get, like, one crime token, and then you go... It's miserable. It's just, I gave up on completing it. Yeah. Then the stealth is, like, it's it's very optional. Mm Mm-hmm. And so, and it's not a very, like... The stealth is, they have a couple abilities that are stealth oriented, but really nothing fun to play. Yeah. So I'm just like, I'm just going to beat the crap out of it. The combat is really, really good. Mm-hmm. And so I'm just like, I'm just going to jump in and beat the shit out of everybody. Fun. Um, I like to do it in real life. Yeah. Stories are really good. They have, uh, so the story is basically, um, you have people going, like Norman Osborn is mayor. He's not Greenland or Green Goblin yet. Mm-hmm. There are a couple people who are trying to destroy him. You see the development of Doc Ock. He's like a really nice, he's like your friend at the beginning and you mm-hmm. see that development. And it makes a lot of sense. Uh, punches in the gut. This is Spider-Man who's been doing it for 10 years. Like he's out of college. Mm-hmm. Um, he and Mary Jane ha- have broken up uh-huh. and like that romance, that like, kind of like rekindles throughout the game. And that's right. a really good one. Nice. Uh, good performances from all the voice actors. The story is really good. There's not like when it comes to the story and the acting and all that stuff, fantastic game. Mm-hmm. It's really just grindy in some places. The combat's sure. a lot of fun. Uh, the swinging is really satisfying. A lot of people have done kind of video essays on all the past Spider-Man games where the swinging uh-huh. is just like really awful. You're basically like running in the sky, holding onto a rope yep. in one game. But this one, 
there are fast travel methods. I used it twice just because it's really satisfying to just swing and blitz across the skyline. Yep. A lot of fun little Easter eggs. There's landmarks that you take a picture of. So there's uh, Nelson and Murdoch, the nice. alias uh, investigation, yeah. stuff like that. Definitely, we know who the villain is going to be for the next one uh, for Spider-Man 2. That's different from the Miles Morales Spider-Man. Right. Which I believe the Miles Morales game is a little bit smaller, but they kind of fine-tune a lot of the aspects of the mm. game. Okay. Miles is in the game. You see him just sure. be a kid, and then you get, he gets bit later on. The very end of it is him being like, oh, hey, I have powers. Nice. And then, so the next, buddy. Yeah. And then the next one is... So he's like learning how to do it. And mm-hmm. uh, from what I've seen. So in this one, Spider-Man's very tight in how he like swings and flips and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Very like gymnast E kind of. Sure. Uh, and then you've seen into the Spider-Verse in yeah. this uh, Miles Morales game. He swings very much like that where he's kind of like flailing a little bit and yeah. stuff and having fun in the in the, in the yeah. sky. Good. Um but yeah, no, it's a good game. Uh, I finished that, and then everyone suggests you play Spider-Man, uh, the Miles Morales one on PS5, just because the difference in what it looks like is it's like you deserve to play the game on PS5. So okay, like, I'll hold off on buying that. Uh, and then Spring Sale started two days ago on PS4, and they had Miles Morales on sale for like eighty percent or seventy-five percent off. I'm like, okay, I guess I'm buying it now. <laughs> so I have it, and I'll play it at some point. But I finally am actually like dedicating a playthrough of the bioshock games okay which the first one came out in 20 uh, 2007 and then the last one uh, infinite came out in 2011 so bioshock 2 is somewhere in the middle there um not typically the kind of game i play it's first person shooter but it's like similar to it's it's what i personally call a semi-open world mm-hmm. where it's a linear story but you can travel the world like openly mm-hmm. um there's not really bosses to defeat like hollow knight but there are like the like it's missions you have to complete where there is someone sure. to kill um there's skills and weapon upgrades and stuff like that but kind of like rudimentary like it's just you can upgrade your health a couple times you can um, uh, upgrade your eve which is what's used to do magic basically mm-hmm. a couple times you can upgrade weapons each weapon only has two upgrades like very simple mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff and so that at least gives me my open world rpg satisfaction yeah but the story is really interesting it's all three of the games have been widely like highly regarded by all critics and mm-hmm. everything they're fantastic games and i'm seeing why it's very enjoyable it's uh i find myself constantly scared and excited to fight what are called the um so there's little sisters and so they're little girls that are corrupt mm-hmm. by a thing that if you kill them or save them, you get a certain amount of that thing, which lets you upgrade a bunch of stuff. Mm, okay. um, there's benefits to saving a whole bunch of them, uh, but they're protected by, oh God, I want to say big brother. The Bioshocker. It's the, it's the image of Bioshock. It's mm-hmm. the big tank thing. What are they called? I can't remember what they're called, but they're they're like really, really powerful and they're scary to fight and you have to like be really tactical about how you fight them. But they're also like enjoyable fights if you at least know what you're doing. Mm -hmm. And so like you can hear them walking around and they just kind of wander around and they actually leave you alone 
And so you can just like walk past one. Sometimes mm-hmm. they're just on their own. They don't have a little sister with them. And if they're, if that's the case, you can just walk past them and they won't do anything. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if the little sister with you, I tend to try to stay far away from them. And right. so I don't know what happened. The only time I ever, whenever I see a little sister with it, I'm like, Oh, well, I'm going to fight it. Cause I want the little sister. I'm going to save the little sister. But there was one very recent, like a few hours ago, they were walking by and I was like, running around healing and getting a couple stuff like prepping for the fight Mm -hmm. and i got kind of near it and it like posted up Mm -hmm. at me but like it didn't attack me i think it was like getting ready if i I think if i get too close to a little sister it'll attack Uh. but like yeah i mean they're just kind of like around and so you just hear like the boom 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 (laughs) and if the little sister's with her like she talks like she has a little girl voice but like Mm -hmm. matched with like a demon voice and so you hear that kind of like creepy sound and you're like, oh, oh god, uh, where is it? <laughs> um, but it's a lot of fun. I'm maybe seventy five the way, seventy five percent way through. Big plot twist just happened. Nice. Um, and I'm gonna keep playing those games. I started this game a while ago, but I was too bad at games to. I every time I've tried to play it, I was I would always play the game like another game, mm. which is not what you do. You have to right. play the game like the game wants you to play it. So I'm going to do that, by the way, when I, uh, I am, I think when I finish Bioshock, I'm going to play, uh, Miles Morales and then I'm going to do my Assassin's Creed playthrough. Nice. Cause I really want to play, uh, Horizon again, Yep. but I have so many games that I needed to play and replay before I do that. Yep. But no, I'm enjoying it. It's fun. Now that I actually play the game, like it's meant to be played. I've played that game and I played a good, maybe half of Bioshock infinite because it's a standalone game. You mm-hmm. don't need to play the first two. Because it's a little different in several ways, but I was also bad at it with that one too. So, yeah, yeah, that's what I'm doing. All right. I also watched the entire Hunger Games series. Oh, nice. It's all right. It's so much more brutal than I remembered. Oh yeah. Uh, so I watched. What the the whole premise of child murder wasn't enough for you? Well, no. Like I knew that. Like it's like the premise is brutal, but like also it's it's strong pg-13 yeah uh and i didn't know that i like i remember like oh yeah it's like it's a dystopian kids movie and i was watching so i watched the first movie just over kaylin's shoulder Uh as i was like walking through and then i remember that i never watched the last two so i was like i'll watch the second one i know the first one go i've seen it several times Mm -hmm. watch the second one with her and then we watched the last two okay but i watched the cornucopia scene for hunger games that's brutal i was literally like oh god i am anxious yeah First one is like, from what I can remember and having watched over, it's like a pretty solid movie. First one's good. Um, First one's good. Second one is okay. Also, Jennifer Lawrence's performance was phenomenal in the second one. Interesting. I don't know if you remember that one. I, for me, those movies are all kind of in that wishy-washy six, seven range, except second one is a nine. Okay. I really liked the second one. I thought it was extremely well done. All right. I think that one I like wasn't paying as much attention to it was like on my phone because i knew how the, how it goes uh, yeah and also i wasn't really watching it i turned my brain off for it so i sure. really didn't like pay much attention to it but like well, her performance was amazing in that one yeah um, i thought that one was best she's also honestly great in all of them yeah no she's she's good good actress yeah well i mean like you can have good actress that's not like i mean tom hanks wasn't very good in elvis sure so there's an example but like she was very good in all of these yeah no uh, um but no i thought i thought catching fire specifically was 
uh, best acted and best written and best visually. Mm-hmm. And best paced, naturally, because yeah. the third one is just kind of like a mess. Yeah, the third and fourth ones, I, I struggle to really get on board with a, a lot of it. I mean, I liked how they made pretty much everyone a piece of shit. Yeah. But also, eh, I don't know. It would it, it would it have been better if they edited it into a single 140 minute movie instead of two 140 minute movies? I don't know actually how long they are, but I don't know. Cuz I feel like the first one suffers a lot from downright glacial pacing in places. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of just long lingering shots of people just kind of standing and staring into space. Yeah. I don't know. But it's also got Natalie Dormer. Yeah. And Mahershala Ali. Yes. He was he was good. Yep. Two of my top five sexiest people in Hollywood, personally. I think this I think this franchise so- suffered from the books to movies things where there's a lot of things that they we didn't explain. Right. Like the pods. Yep. Like those traps and stuff like that. They may have explained it in the first one, but like game masters or game makers. Mm-hmm. What are they? And are they more than just the Hunger Games? They're they have the fanciest of facial hair. It's a com- it's a yearly competition. Whoever has the fanciest <laughs> facial hair in the capital gets to murder children on live TV. Good, uh, remotely. I mean, it's it was fine. I don't really have a whole lot of gripes about it, but I also wasn't like that was amazing. So it's like yeah, yeah, yeah uh, like it's like it's six not, sevens. It's not divergent. Yeah, it's it's just it's aggressively solid. Which I always forget that they f- they finished that series that trilogy. Yeah. Saw the first one and then stopped paying attention. Yep. But yep. Watch those movies. Now I can finally see, say I finished that series. Yep. I know how it ends. I knew how it ended anyway. Yeah. All right. Anything else? No, I think that's all I got. Shouts me. We shouts. Thanks everyone for listening. You can check us out on Spotify, iTunes, iHeartRadio, and Podbean, uh, wherever the fine podcasts are sold. Uh, we have a Gmail, just us losers pod at gmail.com where am I just, wrong about catching fire or is it actually by far the best of the tetralogy let me know shoot us an email just us losers pod at gmail.com uh we do also have a tiktok at just us losers pod check us out before they ban it the the app not the our account specifically although maybe we'll say something suitably anti-chinese and they'll ban us yeah that's possible we technically have facebook instagram twitter at just us losers pod on all those except not facebook because that's not really how facebook works uh but we don't really do anything on there uh look forward to next week when gosh i suppose we'll have a marvel's trailer by then i don't care good me neither you know i'm i'm still uh, there's just still a small part of me that's kind of excited about guardians 3 where does that sounds but we'll yeah, we'll, we'll see yep um well i mean they're on an upward trajectory first one's not good second one's okay Third one's probably going to be pretty good, right? Two sure. two points make a trend. Yeah. Yep. Um, that's how statistics works. Yep. My parents didn't both just like shiver <laughs> somewhere. <laughs> they disowned you. Yep. Feel the great disturbance in the force, as though uh, some unfounded assumptions were made and then casually extrapolated upon. Yeah. <laughs> Finish the episode. Thanks for listening. Bye. 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 Bye.